MoreLikeRadio.com. It's our duty to entertain you. <laughs> I said duty. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. I blame this all on Kevin, damn you. Has anyone ever known a good person named Kevin? We, we hung out with, with Kevin from Alcohol by Volume. And he only says like three words. He, he's like really shy. He really talked to me. Towards the end of the night when he was drinking more, man, he, he, was, he was right there with us talking a mile a minute. Alcohol by Volume? I'm actually kind of drunk. Alcohol by Volume, awesome show. You really want to get drunk? <laughs> Listen to that show. Because by hour two, he's blitzed. I'm bad. Oh, it's awesome. Because it's a beer show. Kevin, some stupid His weird story. Polish last name, yeah. Where's your dedication there, Kevin? Your own show or someone else's? Alcohol by volume. Alcohol by volume. I shove alcohol in my butthole. That's not it? It's nothing to do with butthole. I mean, can you even get drunk anymore? It's kind of like a drinking a vitamin. So you're blaming the drunkard. Yes, I'm blaming the MLR drunkard, Kevin. Hello, bartender. I have thought it over, and far from being a fat pig, you are very nice. And I would like another drink. Take a barf, drunkie! Welcome to the show. This is Alcohol by Volume on Tuesday. Oh, let's see, July 30th. Only one more day after this in this stupid fucking month. If you are listening live, as I hope you are, you should be in the chat, morelikeradio.com slash live. I'm sorry if my voice is kind of raspy today. I am coming down from, or coming back from another fucking cold. I'm warning you people, I'll, I'll warn Hammy. Kids will fucking destroy your immune system. I never, ever got sick before having a kid. I mean, I would take maybe, on average, one sick day a year. And now, in like the past two months, I've gotten sick twice. I don't know what the fuck it is. Walking germ factories. I'm not going to try drinking cum, Mitch, because I know that doesn't work. But uh, I, I did try just various booze and OJ. Uh, what day was that? I don't know. Sometime over the weekend, I, I pretty much found what was in my fridge. I mixed Bacardi 151, Malibu, and orange juice. And it was actually pretty good. It didn't help my cold any, but I didn't give a shit after a while. Uh, so uh, if anybody wants to call in or Skype in or whatever... And I'm not I'm not answering you there, Mitch. That's that's just that's mean and hurtful. Uh, if anybody wants to call in, Skype in. Uh, the number eight six two three four five seven one two five. That's eight six two alcohol. Or if you want to use the old school Skype method, alcohol by volume, all one word. Check out the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. I occasionally try and post stuff in there between shows, before the show, during the show. After the show, whenever the you know the uh, the inspiration hits me to do so, fuck my Google Plus page because I haven't updated that in at least a couple weeks now. But one page you should not say fuck it is our uh, one of our new download pages, morelikeradio.org. And um, actually, you know what, Mitch? I did. Uh, well, g- going by your directions, I did 
I thought, updated the uh, pad data with my call-in number, and apparently it did, it didn't take. Um, let me see. Yeah, uh, I, ha- I have it there in a stream description, and um, it, it, it should be there. So, uh, I don't fucking know, but the number again, 862-345-7125, 862-ALCOHOL. As I was mentioning before, uh, before Mitch interact, interrupted about uh, phone numbers and drinking cum and everything. Um, yeah, this is a family show, right? I hope my family's not listening. Our uh, new download page, morelikeradio.org. You can actually uh, set up categories on there based on if you're you know, more into specific shows than other. But come on, da- just download the whole network. We got a lot of great shows on the network. And of course, your usual haunts for downloads. Um, iTunes, and morelikeradio.com slash download. So you got your, your pick of places to get stuff from. The opening song that was, uh, just like last week, it was from Feather Ores out of Nashville, Tennessee. The song's called Palinode. You can check them out, facebook.com slash Feather Ores, or at Feather underscore Ores on Twitter. They're kind of reminiscent of uh, the newer stuff from Brand New, if you guys know that band, one of my absolute favorite bands. So check them out, you know, Show them some love. Uh, they got an EP coming out, I think, within the next couple of months. And, um, well, uh, Mitch's girlfriend, Sherry, says that uh, she has an ear infection, and Mitch made it feel better by coming in her ear. So um, I'll have to remember to kind uh, of use that excuse with my wife. Never seems to work, but... <coughs> oh, okay, that was some uh, phlegm come up. Let's see, on Edcast. And you know what? Fuck, I, I, I did that, too. Um, Wait, is it... Okay, Mitch, uh, uh, okay. Never mind, okay. Yeah, because you know what, Mitch, I, I had it in the other options for the phone number, and metadata, I just had my show name. So, let me do this. Boom. And let's see if that works. Of course, it says, may take a song change to take effect, so who knows if that'll do anything, but... Uh, so, if, if, you, if you see on the uh, pad data, the phone number... Then, well, yeah, call in. <laughs> oh, god damn it! Of course, I, I start doing the show, and then my nose starts running again. God, fucking damn it! Ah, anyway. Ah, uh, so right now I'm actually having my first beer since I think last Thursday. And thank you, Mitch. Um, I just, on top of being sick, I just have not felt like drinking, which is sad, 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 sad. But the first beer I'm having right now, it's from Uinta Brewing. It's their 20th anniversary birthday suit sa- sour brown ale, and it's fucking fantastic. If you like sour beers, check it out. It's a, you know, one of the bigger bottle ones. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm trying to cut down on my drinking or if I've just been not motivated to do so. This... Uh, it, let me gripe for a few moments here. I mean, I, I think that's a favorite pastime on some other shows. Just my week at work has been absolute shit. And shockingly, I I should have been drinking yesterday, but I pretty much just wanted to go to bed when I got home. So, ugh. But I was looking forward to the show today, so I'm hoping that I don't fuck this up too badly. Uh, oh, 
Of course, the alcohol by volume beer tasting list. I added some stuff to it last week when I was killing off that case of the uh, Atwater variety pack that I got. TinyURL.com slash ABV beer tasting. Add your beers to the list. Open spreadsheet. Put anything on there you want. I am going to add this birthday suit sour brown ale there either tonight or tomorrow morning whenever I get a chance. So add some stuff on there. It's always good to help out your fellow drinkers and let them know what's good and what's shit. And speaking of fellow drinkers, I was trying to do a little bit of research for Punchy. Punchy on uh, Brain Stew on Fridays, also on the Nerd Hour, also on Fridays. He is looking forward to that Iron Maiden Trooper beer that's coming out. But right now it's only out in the UK. Been trying to figure out when the hell it's coming to the US. The closest I've been able to find out is that it's supposed... Well, they said it was supposed to hit by the end of July, and we're at the end of July. I haven't seen it anywhere yet. The import company is Artisanal Imports. Some outlets have said by the end of summer, so it may be another month. But, Punchy, if you're listening, it should be out within the next month, so keep your eye out for it. If I see it and you happen to want me to pick up a bottle for you, let me know. And uh, maybe I could, I don't know, bring it to you during one of your comedy shows. I think you're at Tierney's in September. So I could always swing by there, bring in that bottle as a as a gift for the act. Um, I know I mentioned this a few weeks ago. It was a, and this, is a, this is a more visual thing. I posted it on the Facebook group too. But it's uh, beerlabelsinmotion.tumblr.com. They added some new ones to that site. Basically, what it is, somebody decided to take a handful of beer labels. Let me see how many new ones they've added since last time. Uh, Looks like maybe about four of them or so. But they take beer labels and they animate certain things on them. For instance, the newest one on there, it's the Yeti Imperial Stout. And they've animated the Yeti on the bottle, so he's walking across the bottom bar of it. They have... Let's see. Um, 60 minute IPA from Dogfish Head, and they have the fish from the logo swimming around the pint glass. Uh, Raging Bitch uh, it was a Belgian uh, Belgian IPA from Flying Dog. They have uh, let's see. It's the dog barking on the bottle, and the wings of the logo flapping, you know, stuff like that. So. Uh, yeah, so check that out at beerlabelsinmotion.tumblr.com. Um, do, 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 do. Let's see here. Do, do, do. What else I got here? Uh, a few just like kind of random tidbits that weren't like full on news stories. Um, hold on a second here. Okay. Um, this one. It's, it's just another reason to shun Budweiser, um, other than the fact that uh, they, uh, you know, don't really make the greatest beer. Um, apparently, they are sponsoring an 85-country Rihanna concert series, and they have an official beer label for it. Ooh, yeah, yeah, I'll post that in the chat here so you can see. Oh, yeah, Rihanna Diamonds World Tour. Wonderful, because when I think good beer, I think Chris Brown's punching bag. But I guess Budweiser has their target market, so good for them. They got more money than me, so what the fuck am I going to say? 
And then this last uh, little random tidbit. I posted this video in the uh, Facebook group, but I'll also post the link in the chat, morelikeradio.com slash live, if you are not in there. And hit that in there. And let me play this. It's 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 more visual, but I think the audio is still funny enough on its own because you have no idea what the fuck's going on with it. Okay, and there, sparkling beer mug. It's a bunch of excited Japanese people. I'll explain what the deal is after this. So apparently it's a sparkling beer mug, doesn't use a battery, I don't know what the fuck goes into it, but they hit this trigger on the handle of the beer mug, and I guess you get a bunch of bubbles and shit and whatnot coming up in the glass or mug, or it looks like it's fucking cheap plastic, and it probably actually is, because for those that watched it, the logo at the end, that Takara Tomi logo at the top uh, right... I know Cornax will know exactly what I'm talking about here. They're the same people that produce Transformers in Japan. So the people that make Transformers are making beer mugs in Japan. And everybody was so excited about it. The one curious part of that video was the, I'm assuming, mother and father at the table with their kid. And by the end of the commercial, it looked like the kid was drinking beer along with them. Now, I don't know about drinking ages in Japan... But then again, who knows what the fuck they're doing in Japan? Japan's just plain weird. So I might as well get on to my first topic of the day. This is one I brought up on Facebook. Uh, I think yesterday. Yeah, I think I brought it up yesterday. And it has to do with beer and ice cream. The combination beer floats. Now, when I brought this up on Facebook, I didn't think it was going to receive such a negative reception as it did, but it actually it was it was not well received. I was very surprised by this. Uh, let's see some of the reactions. Um, da, 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 da. Uh, I was going to try one, but then I remembered that I wasn't gay. Um, men don't make their beer taste like candy. Same thing with booze. Ten years ago, anything perceived as girly would have got your ass kicked in my circle. So the the general perception, my friend Chrissy on there said, I like the taste of beer. If I wanted a milkshake, I'd drink a milkshake. Okay, fine. But the last beer festival I was at, I had a beer float. I thought it was fucking delicious. I believe it was either a chocolate stout or a coffee stout with coffee ice cream in it. It wasn't a huge amount of beer. wasn't a huge amount of ice cream. But the mixture of it, it it almost, with the ice cream, it almost turned it into that milk stout kind of texture. I thought it was good. I thought it was really, really tasty. I like ice cream. 
I like beer, and the combination works. Now, I'm not just saying, you know, take any old glass of Heineken, uh, you know, any regular old lager or whatever, and just plop a scoop of vanilla ice cream in there. That's that's definitely not what I'm saying. But um, you gotta, it, it's almost like food pairings. That's that's the way I see it. And that's why I was surprised at the negative reception to it. I didn't really see it as any different than pairing a food with a beer. The pairing is just much closer physically to the beer, and it happens to be dessert. I understand different tastes and all that. I don't get the stigma behind it. I think the flavor combination, at least in the one that I had, can really bring out those different flavors in the beers. And I could see a lot of other ways working with it. One, just off the top of my head, say you have a raspberry sorbet with a raspberry lambic. You get a good combination there. Um, and Cornax, actually, <laughs> going going back to the uh, the Japanese kid with apparent beer. Let me just sidetrack a little bit here because he just sent me a link. Japanese beer for children. Kodomo no nonimono. Okay, it is fake beer for kids. Uh, Sangria started their line of fake alcoholic drinks for kids with Kodomo no Nomimono children's drink and has been successful enough to offer it in bottles, cans, and even six-packs. They expanded the product line to include children's versions of wine, champagne, cocktails. The beer, flavored like apple juice, even foams at the top when poured into a glass. Okay, obviously that would not fly over here in the U.S., but I think this is fucking brilliant. I'm posting this in the chat Thank you for that, Cornax. I never would have even thought to look for something like that. That is fantastic. Um, and there's actually there's a great image on here, like little kids with a bottle of the shit. Uh, Roy Black on crack in the chat says German has that mouse trunk. I'm guessing that's that's another kind of like either faux beer or like a near beer that's okay for kids. But let me post this link in the chat, that image. So you kind of see what it looks like there. A little bit more bubbly than your regular beer, but that's an interesting idea. Of course, in the U.S., people would be like, "Ooh, it's going to turn kids into drinkers, and they'll be underage drinkers, and alcoholism, and yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's the same same shit they gave us when we were younger with candy cigarettes. For, I hated the chalky candy ones, but at least they came in something that looked like a cigarette pack. But how about those bubblegum cigarettes? I don't even know if they make those anymore, but it was that crappy-tasting pink bubblegum wrapped in white paper. And the only reason you got it was because you'd put it in your mouth, it looked like a cigarette, and you'd give it a puff, and like a little bit of powdered sugar would puff out the end so it would look like you were blowing out smoke and you'd be all cool until the point where you were actually able to buy or bum real cigarettes. But I, I I can't see I can't see a drink like that going off here because people would just people would bitch about it. Um, let me see. I'm looking that up that uh, Roy Black on Crackhead. Okay, yeah, he says it used to be called chi- called children's beer. And okay, just brought it up on Wikipedia. Vitamals, a uh, German malt beer without alcohol. Oh, you know, I, I think I remember seeing this bottle before at some point. It might have been even when I was covering uh, German beer weeks, months, whatever ago. Uh, due to the German beer purity law, or Reinheitsgebot, 
Uh, Vitamalts can't be, can't be sold in Germany as beer. It must be called malt drink. The colloquial name is Dunkelbeer, Kinderbeer in some areas of Germany and Austria. Um, and they say the taste is rel- related to that of um, alcohol-free lager, notably sweeter, dominated by glucose syrup, which it's extracted from, adds a flavor of sugar beets. So, okay, so th- that's that's another great idea. I mean, it, it lets the kids kind of not feel left out. And Cornax has another great point for me. He says, if you expose it to them young, it won't kill them. Only reason people drink in excess at a young age is because it's either taboo or because after 21 years, they're making up for lost time. And I, I completely agree with that. Drinking was never a total taboo in my house when I was growing up. And I know I completely got off beer floats, but I'll get back to that eventually. Um, it, it was never a taboo in my house. My, my mom always enjoyed a Kahlua and cream. My dad had his whatever beers. And honestly, beer never interested me when I was younger. But I was, I was like the, the clue and cream, you know, get a li- little sip from the glass kind of thing. See, it didn't, it didn't cause any harm. I mean, I, I'm not the raging alcoholic I am now because of that. Of course not. Um, but, um, and I'm thinking like most, like most of my drinking took place probably probably by the time I turned 19. And that was because we were able to hop over to Windsor and hit the bars over there legally. By the time I was 21, it wasn't a big deal anymore. And, you know, okay, every so often I had a beer. Of course, again, now I drink more frequently. But if you make it taboo, if you make it a big deal, then, of course, you're going to push the kids towards it. So, I mean, it, it's it's kind of like if... You, if you want a kid that well, doesn't smoke pot, you will probably see two parents that smoke a shitload of pot. It's that kind of thing. If you have the two hippie parents that are always high, that kid's not going to want to touch the stuff. It, it, it's a way of rebellion against the parents. You know, I, I don't know. I think I think I was going somewhere with that, but yeah, don't don't make this shit taboo. You know, educate, but don't frightened to fucking death. I mean, my, my mom knew I was out partying and stuff when I was younger. And it was always just, you know, check in with me. Don't drive drunk. If you can't drive, just stay wherever you are or give us a call. We can pick you up. Simple shit like that. It's, it's scaring, you know, it's scaring these kids. And that's why they, you know, can't have stuff like Vitamalts or the, uh, let's see, what was the, what was the name of it? God damn it. I think I, no, I still got the link. The Kodomo no Nomimono. And if you had caught me maybe about five years ago, I would have been able to write that in hiragana. I don't know. Oh, and yeah, and Kornak says uh, I'm an alcoholic because of this show now. So it's more of a professional kind of thing, you know. Um, <coughs> let's see. Yeah, Roy Black on Crack has a, a, great, a great point. Give them a sip when they're young. They'll hate it. They'll never want to touch it. Um, a lot of the time, I think cigarettes are probably the same thing. Um, I, I know, you know, there are those parents like, you know, catch kids with a cigarette, make them smoke the whole pack, whatever. You'll give them a headache, but you're, I don't think you're going to necessarily throw them off of it. But when I was younger, younger, I, I hated the smell of cigarettes and everything, you know, had no desire to be around them. And then of course I became a smoker at 15. So I don't know what happened there. 
Marianne says she used to take sips of her parents' schlitz. Ah, <laughs> uh, young Marianne. <laughs> but it, I don't, it, beer, beer never did it for me at that age. I don't, I don't know. Um, and yeah, an alcoholic drinking craft beers, it, it does cost a fortune. That's, that's why I'm so glad I have my side video jobs. If I didn't have those, well, if I didn't have those, I'd be drinking Yingling Light all the damn time because I wouldn't be able to afford anything else. Speaking of being able to afford stuff and not, you know, doing kind of cheaper beers, I gotta um, remember to bottle my homebrew tomorrow night. It's a little bit overdue, so I don't know how it's gonna turn out. Um, let's see. Oh yeah, I was on uh, beer floats, wasn't I? Uh, let's see where I was. With that. Yeah, so yeah, some some people, some people were not, you know, overly accepting of the beer floats. Um. Let's see. I had some other articles that had some ideas. Uh, da, 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 da. One article, one, one article was actually kind of boring with it because it was just mixing vanilla ice cream with everything. To be fair, vanilla will mix with you know just about everything. They had examples here like uh, going with smoked porter, a fruit weed ale, a Belgian pale ale, a chocolate stout, of course, even a cider. I could really see it working with a cider. In fact, that might that be might be the one thing that'll make some ciders better. Um, and then I found some other strange ones here, like uh, and I'll see if I can even recognize any of these particular beers. Um, okay, here's here's another vanilla one, of course, but combining Sam Adams Belgian Session Ale with vanilla, and it says it gives it kind of a cream soda uh, feel to it. Uh, butter pecan with a uh, Guise Lambic. And they said the crunchy pecans are a salty bonus. I like pecan anything, so that's fine. Uh, Mint Chip and Dark Element Black IPA. And given that people have been adding mint into beers a little bit more now, I can see that happening, especially with a Black IPA. And then uh, Twisted Pine Raspberry Wheat Ale. Of course, I suppose you could use this with any raspberry wheat. And they just mix chocolate ice cream with it. Chocolate and raspberry, perfect together. I could totally go for that. Um, let's see what else I got here. Well, you know what? I'll, I'll post this image at least into the chat because, you know, th- this this might be part of uh, Project Kill Marie with cuteness. Um, it's not quite a live animal, but it's cute. It's a little giraffe figurine drinking a beer float with a straw. Uh, let's see this one from ugh, Huffington Post. God damn it. Can't believe I grabbed that. Um, the Stout Float. Uh, oh, New Holland Brewing. Using Dragon's Milk, which is a fantastic fucking beer. And they use uh, a, well, it's a, from a local gelato place, Black Dog Gelato. So the bitter cocoa and coffee note from the beer and the creamy, rich, not-too-sweet aspects of the gelato mix beautifully. I wouldn't have even thought about mixing gelato with it. Uh, Guinness Spiked Milkshake. They mentioned that here at uh, 25 Degrees in Hollywood's Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel. Guinness, homemade chocolate sauce, vanilla ice cream. I know Mitch on Facebook said that he had some bad luck doing a combination like that. And as for, as for a Guinness Milkshake, I know... That, as far as chain restaurants, I know TGI Fridays actually has one. I have yet to try it, though. I want to at some point just to see. I'm not expecting it to be fantastic, but 
you know, it, you know, their their Guinness from the tap is actually pretty decent. I've I've had it there a few times, and they seem to be serving it right there. They're not fucking it up too bad. Um, Cornax actually had a good suggestion. Uh, vanilla, not necessarily just the ice cream, but vanilla as an ingredient, adding some vanilla extract to a chocolate stout. And that is, I actually want to write that down because I think that's a great idea the next time I get a chocolate stout, or even if I just get like a six-pack of chocolate stouts, just add a drop and see what what happens to the flavor. It, I, I think that would work really, really well. Um, of course, well, I'd have to get real vanilla extract. I think I only have imitation vanilla flavor because vanilla extract is a little bit on the pricier side. Um, let's see. The Black Butte Porter Chocolate Tart. Uh, salted caramel, whipped cream, candied cocoa nibs, and a six-pack of craft beer are cooked down to an intense beer syrup. Each slice of this tart contains a nearly a full bottle of beer. That's a delicious-sounding tart. <sighs> that could be a isolated thing right there. And then the chocolate porter real beer float. Uh, brown sugar added to vanilla bean ice cream, into which dark, rich Hangar 24 chocolate porter is poured slowly. And then this last one, oh, okay. I'm going to post this in the chat, too, uh, the picture of this image. And, wow. Okay, Sherry knew what that toy was, that I, the toy giraffe that I posted the picture of in the chat. That is amazing. The toy's name is Sophie, and it's a product of France. I am, I am shocked. And uh, as for the Guinness float, Mitch said the chocolate syrup was what made it gross. So, I, I would have to think just van- vanilla ice cream and Guinness. Nothing wrong with that. But what I just posted in the chat there is... Uh, it is sea salt shortbread. Comes topped with a stout ganache that's made with dark chocolate, heavy cream, and stout. So, you know, a l- little bit of food. To- oh, okay. You know, I'll go one more here. Uh, post this in the chat here. I know I, uh, I think during one of one of the strange alcohol shows, I had mentioned about an Irish car bomb Jello shot. This is more an Irish car bomb dessert. This one, it's Jameson ice cream, which I did not know such a thing existed. Bailey's Irish cream fudge. So maybe um, I don't know. Maybe they're making fudge with Bailey's. I don't know. And then rich bittersweet Guinness syrup. So they're making syrup out of the Guinness. Uh, and then I guess other components, you know, ice cream or yeah, the ice cream, the fudge, the Guinness syrup. And I'm trying to see what the hell is isn't, I don't know, pieces of something else in there. I don't know if it's cheesecake or something. Uh, let's see if there's anything else cool in here. Mm, honey, uh, Ho Garden honey milkshake, uh, served with apple donuts and beer caramel sauce, stout, sticky toffee pudding, house-made vanilla porter ice cream. Lindemann's Framboise beer, beer Float. Okay. Like I was mentioning Alambic before, Lindemann's is one of my favorite. And this one that they're doing, let's see. Vanilla ice cream. Yeah, vanilla ice cream and uh, Lindemann's Framboise. So I mean, that works perfectly. And okay. One, one, uh, one more take on the Guinness Beer Float. This one was Guinness and vanilla or chocolate ice cream. But they did add something to it. Not chocolate syrup. They actually added Kahlua to it. 
and that that I could see actually working with it. Um, I think Kahlua and and Bailey's would would mesh decently. Um, and I think that was I think that was it for this one. And then I had a few more beer float things, but I don't think eh, it's just a random like slideshow here. Was it a? Oh, come on, I fucking hate these goddamn slideshows. Uh, Biramisu, a Belgian amber ale with espresso mascarpone ice cream. Um, passion fruit ice cream. Oh, uh, white dog IPA, Simcoe hop sorbet with passion fruit pearls and dust. Blah blah blah. These these are getting a little bit too gourmet. Okay. Oh, okay. This is the reason I had this slideshow. It's another Irish car bomb one, but this one I think has a nice playful quirk to it. It's Hudson Porter with Irish cream ice cream and Pop Rocks. So I guess you get the bomb aspect out of that. Um, Cornex has another good pairing point here. Uh, let's see. Okay, he's talking about the new Wendy's burger. The burger with the pretzel bun, cheese, bacon, honey mustard. That He thinks it would pair well with something darker like a stout. Uh, to go with the beef or something paler to match with the saltiness of the pretzel. I admit that I actually had one of those burgers, uh, I think it was maybe a week and a half ago or something, and it was pretty damn good. I I still don't think I've actually shit out the burger, but it was pretty good. I could see those flavors going well together. And you see, it all it all ties together. Ice cream and beer, food and beer, it, it all, it's all, you know, just different flavors going together. Um, you know what, let me take a brief, 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 brief piss break because I've been drinking water all goddamn day to keep hydrated from this cold. Um, I will leave you with a brief commercial here, sort of, uh, just to prime you. Since I'm drinking a sour today, this is a sour that I don't know if it's going to be bottled or if it's just at the brewery. See, I can still say brewery. But it's from Carton Brewing. It's called Something Like Sandy. They're out of Atlantic Highlands, New Jersey. And uh, they it, this beer was actually created sort of inadvertently because of Hurricane Sandy. They were trying to make a sour milk stout. And it kind of got thrown by the wayside because of Hurricane Sandy. They kind of ha- I think they had to abandon the brewery briefly due to the hurricane, all that kind of stuff. But let me cue this up here. And um, when I get back, I'll probably skip through more of the boring parts. I'll be right back. So our second anniversary is coming up. And it's been a very eventful year. We've had a lot of things go on. We've made a lot of beers we're very proud of. We've, we've managed to reach out to the community we've tried to reach out. But I think for everybody in our home on the Jersey Shore, the most significant event was when Hurricane Superstorm Sandy came through and shut down. We lost, we lost about 16 of our favorite bars are gone and won't come back after after Sandy blew through and, and it was you know it was it was an event for everybody. It's something we all have in common. Our little subtext on Sandy was the Sunday before Sandy hit, 
we were brewing an experimental version of what happens if we sour our session milk stout. So it went in, and the intention was to brew it on Sunday, let it sour for two days, and then boil it on Tuesday. Well, Sandy hit that Tuesday morning, so it didn't get to get boiled or do anything except sit getting funky for eight days while we had no power from the storm. When we were done and we had power again, we decided that we had to see what would happen if we boiled this thing and pitched yeast and turned it into beer. And we, we boiled it and we pitched it and it took three pitches to get it to come to life. And it came to life and it fermented out. It was cool. It was this neat, funky, well-behaved, sour stout. Looking back, six months later when it was time to discuss how do we celebrate year two. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll cut got... out of this now since I'm back. But you get the idea there. I had never heard of a sour milk stout before that. And again, I have no idea if they're actually bottling this, but it sounds like they're giving it a second go and trying to control it a little bit more than the willy-nilly brewing that they had to do before because of Hurricane Sandy. If I do manage to find that, I would you know, easily pick up a bottle or two. However, I I'd love to go down to the brewery and try it. I can't fucking drive down the shore. Just a little bit too far for me. Uh, I think I'm done with the whole beer float thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, let me close out this multitude of links, and I can uh, bring up uh, this one that Marianne sent me: uh, a beer can house in Houston becomes landmarked. I'll post this link in the chat and have to thank Marianne for helping me out with that little bit of show prep there because despite what Logan Tittle said last week I still completely fear running out of things to talk about regarding beer I know there's always stuff going on but I'm just a paranoid motherfucker and no confidence in myself whatsoever so I'll get past that here Um, so as this article goes in Houston a child of the Great Depression John Milkovich not John Malkovich uh, didn't throw anything away not even the empty cans of beer he enjoyed each afternoon with his wife so in the early 1970s when aluminum siding on houses was all the rage he lugged down the cans he'd stored in his attic for years painstakingly cut open and flattened each one and began to wallpaper his home the article kind of goes on to state that he wasn't doing this just to draw attention he was doing it just out of you know functionality and you know trying to kind of save money with it and reusing materials that he had he actually passed away in the mid 80s but his wife still lived there and their sons would do work from time to time replacing rusty cans with new ones they restored a hurricane-destroyed beer wall. They and they even uh, put up a safety uh, was it, a privacy fence because people were kind of gawking at the property. Which again, this guy didn't intend at all. He was doing this purely functional. He didn't want it to be some kind of tourist attraction. But he embedded beer cans in the privacy fence too. Um, let's see. The neighborhood has rapidly transformed since. Um, his wife's death in the mid-90s, going from a working middle-class area to today's condo and loft-lined upper-class sector, but the home remains a well-known entity. So now it's been landmarked, nothing bad's going to happen to it, and unfortunately, you know, it has, you know, it, it has its staying power now, 
as a tourist attraction. But let me see if there's anything else. Uh, Let's see. He began redecorating the home's exterior in 1968 when he purchased a metal canopy for his backyard so him and his wife could have some shade while drinking their afternoon beers. Uh, He began installing concrete blocks throughout the yard, embedding them with marbles he had collected as a boy because he didn't want to mow the lawn anymore, which I think it's a good idea. It kind of shows this guy's craftiness, too. You know, held on to the marbles and did something with them. Uh, The back wall of the canopied area became a cacophony of colors, sunlight playing tricks as it shone through the beer bottles and marbles. Uh, Moved on to the side and the front using long collected materials. Yeah, so this guy just... Of course, nowadays, they have a term for that, and they just call it found art or repurposing or whatever. Whatever whatever hipster term is behind it now. I, I, I did a film project. God damn, that was probably about 10 years ago, where I had to profile like a half dozen local artists. Some of the shit was cool. This is another tangent here. But one of them was one of those people that just dealt with found art, and... You know, oh, I have a spoon. I'm going to do something artistic with it. You know, that kind of stuff. One of the cool things I saw was a guy that did glass blowing. That was that was really impressive on its own because they were doing those little landscapes within the glass and things like that. But complete tangent. This guy wasn't doing that, but he was doing something on a different scale. Um... The art center estimates that he had 50,000 cans that piled up by drinking a six-pack daily over the span of 20 years. Good for him. Nice. For 17 months, working from bottom to top, he coated the home with cans of Budweiser, Texas Pride, Shiner, whatever brand was on sale, created long decorative garlands from beer can tops, and hung them along the eaves at the front and sides of his home. And... (laughs) Uh, I talk about glass blowing. Sherry talks about the art of cock blowing. I'd say that's an art all in itself. Uh, so let's see. People would drive by, slow down, stare and honk. I'm talking about the uh, beer can house, not uh, not not Sherry's cock blowing. Uh, often they would stop and ask questions. So Milkovich would do what came most naturally to him: invite them in for a beer. So, if anybody happens to be in the Houston area that listens to this, it's on 222 Malone Street in Houston, and there's even a website for it now, beercanhouse.org. So, check that out. Thank you again, Marianne, for that link. I greatly appreciate it. This article, I came up with this near, like, I don't know, maybe like two minutes to show time, and it's actually an old study, but I thought it was good news for me. Why do heavy drinkers outlive non-drinkers? Apparently, there was a study. This was back in... It was about three years ago, 2010. It was from Time Magazine. They said a new paper in the journal... Okay, new then. new paper in the journal, Alcoholism Clinical and Experimental Research, suggests that for reasons that aren't entirely clear, abstaining from alcohol does tend to increase one's risk of dying, even when you exclude former problem drinkers. The most shocking part abstainers' mortality rates are higher than those of heavy drinkers. So, ha-ha, I'm going to live longer than all you fucking fuckers who aren't drinking. Of course, that means I'm going to outlive my wife. I'm not really happy about that. But um, 
Let's see. The sample of those who were studied included individuals between ages 55 and 65 who had any kind of outpatient care in the previous three years. Uh, participants were followed for 20 years. One drawback of the sample, a disproportionate number, 63% were men. Uh, and I'm trying to think if, if you could say a disproportionate amount of men drink compared to women. I don't know. Um, then again, women have to put up with us, so... <laughs> Uh, 69% of the abstainers died during the 20 years, 60% of the heavy drinkers died, and only 41% of moderate drinkers died. Even though heavy drinking is associated with higher risk for cirrhosis and several types of cancer, yes, I know, heavy drinkers are less likely to die than people who don't drink, even if they never had a problem with alcohol. Now, this one, I, this next bit here, I, uh, I don't know if I particularly buy this. It says one important reason is that alcohol lubricates so many social interactions and social interactions are vital for maintaining mental and physical health. Uh, as pointed out last year, non-drinkers show greater signs of depression than those who allow themselves to join the party. Okay, I drink like a fucking fish. I'm shitty with social interactions. I know Royce can attest to that because I'm very quiet and shy and all that. And I'm on antidepressants. And again, I drink like a fish. So... Where do I fall into this whole study of you know, drinking being that wonderful lubricant to maintain my mental and physical health? I, I think I actually drink because of my mental health, and then it impacts my physical health. <sighs> Mitch is right, though. Non-drinkers are miserable, same as healthy eaters. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I tried too healthy eating, and it, fuck it. It's, it's, it's not fucking worth it. I, I, I can do that for a short period of time, but make that my life, mm -mm, done. No, no, no. I, like, uh, if somebody tr tried to make me give up drinking, um, first I would run away from them and go get a beer, and I, oh boy, I, I, I can see this turning into an intervention in a second with the words I was about to choose. I don't think I have a problem. Fuck. No, it, it, honestly, I think if, if I did have some sort of genuine, complete, legitimate problem, I would have a drink in the morning, I'd be drinking at work, I'd be drunk at work, I would be drunk most of the day, and I usually save that for after getting home from work. I would probably be a lot happier if I drank at work, but it eh, doesn't quite fly there. Ah... <sighs> Oh, and I saw Cornax chimed in. Uh, if I truly fear running out of topics, they could always send me articles about drunken stupidity. And God knows there's enough of those articles out there. Most of them coming from Florida, I think. Um, although I don't think that uh, forklift elevator was a drunken escapade. I think that was just a Florida escapade. Uh, let's see. I can get through one more thing before the break. So, yeah, I'm going to outlive all the non-heavy drinkers, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, I, I was having issues with show prep this week because A, I'm lazy, as usual. B, was sick. And C, uh, also still lazy, so... Probably because I wasn't drinking this weekend. And I didn't have those sparks of creativity thinking of shit to talk about. 
all these are damn it all these are like good but more time-ish consuming kind of things so let me see if i can pick something at random here um no 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 uh reddit fucking blows there's nothing good on there right now ah oh well you know what i'll kick into this anyway uh, this is another link that I had submitted to me, so uh, I will thank Kitty for this one. Uh, Kitty from Lust and Love and Daytime Divas on Monday and Thursdays, respectively. This is... And again, this is, this is another one that some people are probably going to say, he's mm, girly, man. It's 23 Icy Caffeinated Cocktails. I cannot start my day without a at least one or two large coffees, you know, stereotypical, blah, blah, blah. But I love my coffee and caffeine. I love my booze. Why not combine the two and not in something like a fucking Four loco or uh, what, what was that other thing I had? I don't even know if there was caffeine in it. But, um, damn it. Uh, it, it was those, those big fruit drinks cans that I had that were like 13% alcohol that were absolutely disgusting. These actually seem to be a good idea. Some of them are some of them are probably a little bit more complicated because it's it's shit that I'm not going to have in my house. Um like what the fuck is palm molasses? Uh but there's let's see it's a Izmir iced tea. Palm molasses plus mint plus vodka plus chai tea plus ginger beer. I wouldn't be touching that because I can't fucking stand ginger beer. I don't know. I, eh, just does not work for me. But then we have some easier stuff here. Bourbon sweet tea. Black tea, sugar, bourbon, and fruit. Obviously, the caffeine is in the tea. This third one here is the one that spoke to me, though, because all the tastes in there are perfect for me. You freeze coffee as ice cubes. Okay, easy step right there. You toss in a cup of Bailey's Irish cream and vodka. You can even add some Kahlua if you want. And you have a Bailey's iced coffee. I'll take this picture, see if it'll let me paste it in the chat. Um, oh, and uh, Roy Black on crack. It actually it said uh, Palm, P-O-M, not Palm, P-A-L-M. I'll, uh, t- t- let me see, I- I'll paste it. I'll paste the what it said in the chat. Uh, palm molasses. Yeah, cause I, believe me, I was, I was confused. I, I suppose I could do a Google search, but I'm lazy. Uh, paste palm molasses. P O M. No idea. Some kind of molasses, apparently, but I don't have that in my kitchen, as far as I know. Um, this was another one that seemed too complicated. It sounds good. It's called the Tallulah. It's whiskey, peanut, orgiat. I was like, huh? And Coca-Cola. Apparently, peanut orgiat, it's peanuts in a food processor plus simple syrup and then soaked and strained. Then you also add uh, orange flower water. Who the fuck has orange flower water in their kitchen? And brandy or vodka. Sounds good, but again, I think, what was it? It might have been last week or the week before I was talking about those beer cocktails where... it just becomes needlessly complicated. If I'm going to get some kind of drink like that, I'll pay a premium for it out at a bar. 
well, probably not a bar, They're just like some bistro, I suppose, uh, because I don't want to go through all the hassle of buying, you know, a shitload of whatever, you know, palm molasses is, and then find I'm only going to use it at one time. So, uh, okay, uh, see, damn it, Here, here's another one, Kirsch au Caf- uh, Café, Cognac, okay, Kirsch, I don't know what Kirsch is, <laughs> Cherry Hearing, I don't know what that is, Simple Syrup, I'm probably going to have to buy that eventually because I keep seeing so many drinks with it, uh, Egg White and Freshly Brewed Espresso, well, shit, I don't have an espresso maker anymore, so I'm fucked on that one. Uh, this one looks a little bit more accessible. It's Pim's Iced Tea. Citrus, mint, cucumber, orange pico tea, lemon juice, Pim's, and agave. So, but even still, I don't have, well, actually, I don't think I, uh, I don't have any of that stuff in my kitchen, so, mm, fuck that. Uh, the Rosa May. Gin, black tea, honey, lime juice, liquor, 43, soda water, and bitters. Wow, I really need to stock up my liquor cabinet. Um, The Boston Tea Party. It's dry vermouth, green tea, white rum, St. Germain elderflower liqueur. That's kind of specialized. And bitters. And, okay. Okay, this one one I can do. I don't have Frangelico, but I could do this. Creamy, boozy, iced coffee. Fresh brewed coffee, Frangelico, cream, sugar, whipped cream, and chocolate. Uh, I will post this image in the chat, and I, I think, uh, I don't know, some some people might say it's girly because of the whipped cream, but I think it looks goddamn delicious. Uh, let's see, how many cocktails were these? Jesus Christ. Oh yeah, it's like uh, 23 of them, goddamn. Eh, I might be able to get through this list before break. Green tea, lemongrass, and cucumber cocktail. Okay, this one's easy. Green tea, lemongrass, lemon juice, cucumber, and gin. Uh, okay, it, it seems like they're getting easier as we go down this list here. Dragoon's Punch, black tea, sugar, rum, brandy, peach brandy, lemon juice. And they've lost me again. Juniper Tea Fizz, club soda, lime juice, juniper syrup. Where the fuck do- Oh, okay, never mind. Maybe if I read the asterisk. You get juniper berries plus water plus sugar. Okay, where the fuck do I get juniper berries? I don't remember ever seeing them at my local supermarket, so fuck that. And this 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 seems like it would be one for uh, Joe Coletta, because I, I know he likes the Arnold Palmer. This is the Dirty Arnold Palmer. Sweet tea, vodka, lemon juice, sugar, and mint. And, okay, I'm going to need someone to fill me in on what one of these ingredients is. Uh, it's a boozy biscotti iced coffee recipe. Coffee grounds plus amaretto. I got both of those. Milk and pernod. P-E-R-N-O-D. I have no fucking clue what that is. Oh, and Sherry just posted a maple bacon martini in the chat. Now that, that looks good. Let me see. What the fuck is pernod? Oh, it's, oh, okay, it's an absinthe. Oh, shit. Well, damn. Uh, huh. Guess I, uh, might be making that, uh, sometime. Hmm. I'll have to bookmark that one there. I I know they probably want you to use a certain kind of absinthe, blah, 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 but, um, yeah, I'm cheap. I still have, like, half a bottle of absinthe here. No, I'm not chugging it tonight. Fuck you guys. 
Uh, Moroccan mojitos, black tea, cardamom, sugar, spearmint, lime juice, lemon juice, white rum, and dark rum. And if you have both white rum and dark rum in your house, you're probably an alcoholic. Then again, I uh, I had both of those in my house last week. Shit, never mind. Uh, the Dominicana is another one that just looks good. I don't know. For some reason, I seem to like the dark-looking drinks. Uh, take that as you will. Shit. <laughs> uh, heavy cream, sugar, anejo rum, A-N-E-J-O, I think I'm pronouncing that right, and coffee liqueur. Uh, next one, uh, this is another easy one. Iced green teeny, vodka, green tea, Lime juice, sugar, and mint. Uh, what the fuck? The Southern Cola. Again, okay, this is another one where I, I think if I really looked, I could find all this shit. H&F Southern Cola. Not even sure what the fuck that is. Amaro Ciociaro. No clue. Lime juice. Uh, and Mexican Coca-Cola. I know I could probably find that somewhere around here. Uh, the Lotus. Uh, here we go with the St. Germain Elderflower liqueur again. Never heard of it before, and now I'm seeing it twice in one day. The Lotus, uh, it's that Elderflower liqueur, lavender kombucha, lime, and edible flowers. I don't want edible flowers in my drink. I don't even like it in my food. Um, the Pause That Refreshes. Cola Gastrique, which, ew, which is cola, vinegar, and reduced sorghum, along with orange bitters and sparkling wine. What the fuck? Uh, the Swedish tart. This one seems weird because of one of the ingredients. You get sugar, dill. I wouldn't have thought of that in a drink like that. Green tea kombucha, uh, vodka, or aquavit. 10,000 leagues. Campari, ginger liqueur, lemon bitters, Barbecue bitters? What the fuck? Is it like... Can anybody answer... I I have not used bitters for any mixed drinks before, so I'm not even 100% sure of their effects on it, but my guess is a barbecue bitter would add smokiness to a drink. I'm guessing. And uh, ginger kombucha. And... Did this article fucking lie to me? It said 23, and it only gave me 22. These motherfuckers. Oh, God damn it, BuzzFeed. You lied to me. But I, I would gladly try some of the easier ones. Probably, probably the more coffee-based ones, because, you know, I like coffee. The rest of them seem to be a lot of tea. And if tea is your thing, easy enough. I Most of the tea I have in my house is just loose stuff that I got from Tivana and stuff like that, because I'm a very fancy, fancy man. Uh... <laughs> kombucha helps old women get over hot flashes. Okay. Have to remember that. Uh, the Pharisee. Coffee with rum and whipping cream. Do not stir and drink with a straw. That sounds easy enough to me, too. See, that those are the kind of drinks I need. I mean, for a while, I would have, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that in my house. Like, okay, I have, you know, I have some vodka. I have some Malibu. I have, you know, a little bit of a bottle of Amaretto. I have a little bit of a bottle of green apple pucker, you know, stuff like that. And I'd go on to these websites that they, you know, you pretty much punch in the combination of what's in your liquor cabinet and it'll tell you what drinks you can make. 
anytime I would do that, it would be like, well, you could make this drink if you had this other thing. And I don't want to go out and buy another bottle of something that I don't know if I'm going to use. I hate that when it comes to hard liquor, I'm very set in my ways most of the time. You know, vodka, rum, coconut rum. Uh, it, it, it was a big deal for me having this bottle of absinthe. Um, I mean, I, I still have Bacardi 151 in my fridge that I used for those flaming Dr. Dr. Peppers way back. Um, and I think that I think that might be it for booze. I, I do not have a lot of hard liquor. And I would love to just one day just drop a few hundred dollars and just stock a liquor cabinet so I have all those base ingredients and everything that I need. The problem is I would worry that I'd buy them and wouldn't use them. And I don't have any friends that would come over and use them. So, But I figure if I advertise the fact that I have a fully stocked liquor cabinet, well, maybe I could make friends then. And Roy Black on Crack has the perfect, perfect uh, idea there. Too hard, just drink a Jaeger bomb. Yeah, you, you can't go wrong with that. That that reminds me, I gotta get a fucking bottle of Jaeger because even straight Jaeger is fine with me. It's one of those drinks that... Everybody always tried to scare me with that, along with tequila, and they've never, I don't know, they've never phased me. I don't know what it is. Uh, Dokum coffee, coffee with herb booze like a Jägermeister and whipping cream. There you go. I'll mix Jäger with coffee day in, day out. I mean, shit, that, that, that's the kind of thing I could sneak into work. You know? What's the problem with that? And, uh, you know, that's, that's allegedly, of course, because I would never do that. Of course, it, the the problem with trying to sneak that into work, something like that, is that I would technically have an open container in my car as I'm drinking to work, and God forbid I get pulled over because I speed like a maniac on the way to work in the morning. And, yeah, that's... Well, of course, the simple way to do that is just to have a bottle of Jaeger at work and mix it at work. Ah, yes, that's the way to do it. Ah, Boon Camp. Is that... Uh, kind of a variation on like the Jägermeister taste kind of thing. Let me see. Let me Google this here. Boon Camp. God damn it. I don't want German Wikipedia. Uh, the odor is aromatic and spicy. Finish warming and burning. Medicinal taste due to the mixture of herbs desired and typical. Sugar content, maximum three. Among the herbs, anise, coriander, cinnamon, star anise. Okay, so yeah, it, it is that kind of that anise kind of flavor to it, and it, I, that sounds like something I would like. But yeah, Jägermeister again. Never, never really had a major problem with it, and I was, I was loved Jäger bombs. I remember years back in Michigan, I went back to visit a friend of mine was playing in a battle of the bands at this one bar, and I saw all these people with, uh like glasses it was um they, they had glasses with red bull in it but it had that dark tinge to it and I'm like okay what the fuck are all these people drinking oh it's a jaeger bomb I'm like okay give me one and i think i finished that night with uh, about six or seven of them so that was a pretty decent night as far as i recall <sighs> okay i've rambled for a bit now i guess i can hit break after the break uh only a couple little news article-y thingies that I can probably swing off of. Uh, Newcastle, they have an ad campaign that's going after those Budweiser bow tie cans that personally I think are kind of stupid. Uh, 
And hard cider, its popularity has spiked during uh, first quarter 2013, grew by 88%. So I'll kind of get into a little bit of cider. I I, I do want to do it just a full-on like break on cider at some point. Maybe the next time I maybe the next time I actually get to one of the stores that has a build a six pack, I'll get a six pack of different ciders and can kind of you know run the gamut of them and you know see what what's what with that because most of the time I'm I'm pretty boring with my ciders. I don't get too adventurous with it, but I gotta change that up a little bit because I know there are some good ones out there. <sighs> so with that, gonna hit a break, and of course after break. I will have a bunch of new beer releases that are coming up, uh, both near and far, and then a few upcoming festivals. So stay tuned for that on Alcohol by Volume here on More Like Radio. Alcohol by Volume, Kevin Show. Hey! Hey. It's the name of the show. Hey! More Like Radio! Fellas, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration. Plus, a free extra gift so sensual, we can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type DEAL48 for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code DEAL48 at adamandeve.com. Do you like video games? Are you a little antisocial? Well, listen to Antisocial Gamer Radio. Tuesdays from 3 to 5 on morelikeradio.com. Join Marianne and Kitty on Daytime Divas, where Marianne's milkshake brings all the creepers to the yard, and their life is better than yours, damn right. It's better than yours. I could teach you, but I have to charge. Daytime Divas, Thursdays at 8 a.m. on morelikeradio.com. The Conti and Kenny Show. My father, he's the worst. He'll ask for something, but he's, and he always, he'll ask you, like he asked if we had uh, measuring tape. But he always goes, you got measuring tape? No. I'm like, could you let me answer first? <laughs> Automatically knows you don't. Always does that. (laughs) Just assumes that. Yeah. You you got anything we need? No, you don't. No. He would just go, you got a measure tape? No. I'm like, then no. Apparently we don't. Nostradamus knows that we don't have the measuring tape. You're putting curtains up. You got screws? No. He cuts that all the time. He'll be like, hey, did you uh, call about the medical bill? No. I'm like, you know what? Why'd you ask? Why'd you ask? He just called it. You fired up. He just called to get you fired. Yeah. That's Fucking it. Jonathan Edwards. You're a negative Jonathan Edwards. <laughs> Don't even ask. Hey, did you go to work today? No. All right, then fuck you. Always does that. Oh, that's Always does that. The Conti and Kenny Show. 
Monday nights, 7 to 10, on morelikeradio.com. Hi, I'm Kitty from Lust and Love, where we like to talk about everyday topics. Everyone was getting shit-faced and they were stroking my dickhead. <laughs> my fucking vagina is swollen, okay? I think my favorite place is the anus. Of course I'd pop that pussy. <laughs> she said she had her ass cheeks spread out and uh, she was, uh, you know, putting the wax on it. And as soon as she went to go pull the wax off, she went... Listen to us live Mondays from 10 to midnight on morelikeradio.com. Punto com. Hey, you. Yes, you guessed 10,542. Change your username. And while you're in the More Like Radio live page listening to fine quality programming, notice the banner ad just slightly above the chat room. It's a link to something you want in Amazon. Click it. It's probably reminding you to order something you need from Amazon.com. Don't leave MLR and type the URL like a sucker. Just click the link and it'll open in a new window. This way you can buy your shit and continue listening to the show. Now, change your username. It's right there on the right, stupid. If you weren't able to catch the last Hippo Juice show, here's what you probably missed. The credibility that they are using as a bouncer at a Colombian strip club. Credibility. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's hilarious! Let's say it three more times. Oh god, to save you, gotta save my soul. Wow, but down, bow down, wow, diddy, wow, down, wow. Listen to the Hippo Juice Show live every Wednesday night, 7 to 9 p.m. on morelikeradio.com. Mark Out Radio live Sundays at 2 p.m. on morelikeradio.com. Two wrestling marks who surprisingly don't have a lot of nice things to say about Hulk Hogan. I think you should bring Hogan back and let Norton kick the fuck out of him. Hogan hours suck. But now it just seems like everyone's kicking out of everyone's finishers... For no reason whatsoever. You're making me embarrassed over here. Oh, they're fans. I gotta say, the person I masturbate the most to on More Like Radio is Big T. My boner's so huge right now. Go away. Just stop. I don't even care. It's in... in. That's Mark Out Radio live Sundays from 2 to 4 p.m. on morelikeradio.com. Uh, now, now I'm realizing that this is all going to be on fucking podcast. Oh, I told yeah, you. Yeah, we were trying. I was trying to warn you the whole time, dude. I don't care. I'm voluntarily skyping into you. Use us to make a promo. I don't care. No, mm-hmm. dude. Like I said, my fiance doesn't listen. Dutch got drunk one night. Well, he gets drunk every night, but he got drunk one night, and I used it as a promo. Why not? Use this into a promo. I I give everyone permission to turn this audio into a promo. I don't care. He also used Drunk Me for a promo, too. You remember? Yeah. AJ, you play it every week. I do. Folks at home, radio gold like this happens every Sunday and Thursday at midnight on 360 on 420, only on morelikeradio.com. (laughs) 
Andy here from Basically a Sports Show, airing Sunday nights from 8 to 10, only on MoreLikeRadio.com, giving you your weekly fix of sports talk like no one else. This is all great until the Sedin sisters are skating around with the cup next June. You know? I, I and, first and of all, this Sedin sisters thing, it needs to stop. I well, know, but I'm new to it. I just started it's, this year. It's a, so. meat, it's a meatball fan thing to say. It's like... Yeah, the, the Sedin sisters. It's because they're girls. What? <laughs> Being a Southern California sports fan, I've heard from plenty of people that have moved down here that people in the East, whether it's Boston or New York, they just care about the sports more. That's bullshit. They, they're, they're better sports fans because they care more. It means no, but see, that's the thing. All the ones I've met, they don't care anymore. They're just they're loud and they swear a lot and they get really pissed off about stuff that just doesn't matter. When has there ever been good NBA officiating? <laughs> there, I mean, it's just bad officiating has been since the beginning of basketball, since Naismith put a fucking ball into a peach basket, some official made a bullshit call. <laughs> you know, so there, there was some guy off to the side calling a foul. <laughs> right. A bad foul right out of the gate. Basically a sports show. Every Sunday night at 8, only on morelikeradio.com. Hey, listeners. Yes, that means you. Missed your favorite More Like Radio shows live? No problem. Just go to morelikeradio.com slash downloads. That's morelikeradio.com slash downloads. More Like Radio's RSS feed works with your iThings, Zooms, Androids, Windows Phone, and anything else that can subscribe to an RSS feed. If you're so awesome that you only get your podcasts from iTunes, you can subscribe to our feed in iTunes by clicking the subscribe to iTunes link right on the downloads page. So what are you waiting for? Download More Like Radio podcasts and subscribe to our feed now. Yes, right now. Do it. MoreLikeRadio.com Because mean people need to laugh too. I'm talking about you, Ray Barboni, owning a piece of a major motion picture. How much of a piece is entirely up to you? What I'm saying is you could invest part of the 300 grand that Palmer owes you or all of it. It's entirely up to you. Where's Chili Palmer? Where's Leo DeVoe? Where's my fucking money? Ray, look at me. What? Look at me, Ray. Did you just say look at you? <laughs> look at me, Ray. I'll tell you what, Harry. Why don't you take a fucking look at this? And have a peek at this. You know, Harry, this is the exact fucking thing I needed. A little fucking exercise after that long fucking plane ride. You got a big problem, Harry. Harry. Well, come on, Harry, don't pass out on me. Look at me, Harry. Where's It's been a long day living with this. It's been a long time since I felt so sick. I took a long walk straight back home. I could have walked back to San Francisco. Hour number two of Alcohol by Volume. Give us a call at 862-345-7125 or you can Skype in alcohol by volume all one word ah. let's see before the break I had mentioned what was I going to talk about I was going to talk about that Newcastle ad campaign going after the Budweiser bow tie cans I know I mentioned those I don't know when when they were releasing like a couple weeks ago um 
Let's see here. Okay. Make sure I'm on the right tab here. Uh, so this image that I'm going to post in the chat here, and if you're not in the chat, morelikeradio.com slash live. Um, basically, Newcastle making fun of the beer, uh, the uh, Budweiser bowtie-shaped cans. It's a good bit of snark at Budweiser's expense. Part of a series called Hashtag No Bollocks. Uh, introducing the new Newcastle Bowtie Can. It's our regular can with the sides pushed in. Innovation, blah, blah, blah. So, you think, okay, it's, it's, it's a neat ad campaign. You know, just kind of saying, okay, you know, Budweiser just doing gimmicks. Make your beer right, blah, 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 blah. Mm. Oh, I got to remember to tell you guys about the new beer I just opened. But, um, of course, some fucking douche on Facebook got all butthurt about it. And no, he's not some Budweiser loyalist or something. <sighs> Probably one of those goddamn, just pansy, offended by everything, California liberal douchebags. And I'm a liberal, so I mean, well, I was more liberal. I'm starting to skew more moderate again with all this fucking bullshit. Anyway, this is what the guy said. Is that to hide the fact... New- oh, you know what? I gotta change my voice for this. Is that to hide the fact that Newcastle is not using toasted barley to get its golden or deep brown color? However, in this case, Newcastle is colored artificially with caramel color. This caramel coloring is manufactured by heating ammonia and sulfites under high pressure, which creating carcinogenic compounds. If beer companies were required by law to list the ingredients, Newcastle would likely have to have a cancer warning under California law because it's a carcinogen proven to cause liver tumors, lung tumors, and thyroid tumors in rats and mice. So yeah, some little douchebag. And Sherry says I shouldn't be able to do that so good. I have way too much practice. Uh, so Newcastle actually responded to this douche. Hey Justin, thanks for your comments. We've shared your concern with our brewers. Me, I would have just said at that point. And they've decided to say, go fuck yourself. They are a little bit more professional than me. We will explore the situation as well as potential alternatives for this ingredient. In the meantime, rest assured that our caramel coloring is well below the California legal standards, which are the toughest in the country. Newcastle is committed to brewing the finest brown ale in the world. Thanks again for sharing your concerns. So basically, yeah. Wait, uh, (laughs) fuck you, Mitch. God damn it. <coughs> uh, but, it, yeah, that that is a little weird. Uh, Roy Black on crack in the chat says, a liberal taking the side of an American beer over a beer with a British name. Well, you know, liberals like to flip-flop all back and forth all over the goddamn place. I mean, I, I, have, I have made my, well, previous political affiliations more known. I'm, I'm probably one of the more left-leaning people on the station. I fully admit that. However, even I'm just starting to get completely annoyed. I'm annoyed with both the left and the right, so it's pushing me more and more moderate. I mean, 
last presidential election, I voted fucking Green Party. Yeah, in 2000, was it 2008? Yeah, I, I, I voted for the black guy, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. So, yeah, the, New, I think Newcastle at least handled this the right way, and, you know, me, I would have, I would have used more coarse language. I mean, a brewery like Brewdog or something, or Stone, probably would have just said, eh, go fuck yourself. And, you know, left it at that. Um, but, and Newcastle's completely right. You know, those California legal standards for all that stuff. I mean, if you look on, if you look on half of the products you buy nowadays, you're going to see some of those, you know, markings on there. It says, uh, the state of California requires us to state that, you know, this product may contain one or more cancer-causing materials, blah, 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 blah. I mean, the first time my wife saw that, she had never really paid attention to it before, and she saw it, and she's like, Wait, what the hell is this? I'm like, California just has some ridiculous, strict regulations. So, you know, Newcastle... It, you know, they, they basically called them out on it. Like, look, we're well within those regulations. California's strict as it is. We're not causing problems. Fuck you, but just didn't say it in so many words. And uh, swinging back to the chat here, uh, Sherry's revealing a little bit about Mitch. Uh, apparently, Mitch is a bit of a lightweight. She says on their first date, he had one beer and was drunk off his ass. Well, I'm, you know, I have to say then, I'm proud of how far Mitch has come because... I used to be like that too, you know, you know, one or two beers and I would be, you know, all over the place. Uh, you know, back in the day, as I've, I've regaled you with the stories of my teenage years, you know, I could, you know, drink a fifth of vodka and, you know, still be fine, you know, walk in a straight line. And then after I stopped drinking for a while and then got into beers and then it started hitting me. Oh, wait, Mitch says, I was nervous, you whore. <laughs> Ah, oh, but that, not the nervous part reminding me, but just beer reminding me because this is a beer show. What I just cracked open during the break, it was a beer that I had mentioned during one of the lists I pulled out last week. It had to do with the smoky summer beers. This one is from Epic Brewing, part of their Exponential series, Barrel Aged. It's their smoked and oaked Belgian style ale. Uh, and these are actually limited. Wow limited release it says one of only 1800 bottles released and numbered this one says it's number 17 so is that good i think it's good 10.6 percent alcohol it's a smoky beer it's a like i said a belgian style ale let me take a sip here tastes like a belgian style ale you get some of that uh barrel aged flavor in there and then, right at the end, it hits you with that nice, smoky aftertaste. Think of something like a rock beer, that kind of smokiness, and it, it just in that perfect amount, right at the end, right when you think, okay, I don't, I don't get any of the smokiness out of this. No, no, no. That's where it hits you. Check it out. If you're, if you're able to find it, again, it's from Epic Brewing, called Smoked and Oaked. If you're not in the mood for a full-on, you know, huge, like, bacon-smoked flavor like the rock beer... This is a very good substitute. I'm actually very, very pleased with this. Doesn't doesn't hit you over the head with the smokiness. Very, very tasty. 
Uh, let's see. Where the hell is... Oh, okay. Hard Cider. Spiking in popularity in first quarter 2013. Now, I think Big Beer is ultimately kind of behind this, but uh, let me make sure I have my proper article up here. Let's see. Between 2005 and 2012, the U.S. hard cider market as measured by shipments to wholesalers has been steadily increasing from 2011 to 2012. The market grew from 408,000 barrels to 688,000 barrels, a 69% increase. Although the U.S. hard cider market is steadily increasing, it still only amounts to 0.3% of the U.S. beer market. I'm actually kind of surprised that it's that low. But anyway, during the first quarter of 2013, cider shipments actually grew another 88%. Like I said before from you know that other bit of statistics from the Beer Institute, over the course of 2011 to 2012, it grew by 69%. So I mean, that was an entire year. Here in the first quarter, 88%. Here's why I think it's starting to grow more. Because you have larger names like Crispin Cider, which was acquired by Miller Coors back last year. Angry Orchard, which is owned by Boston Beer. And it was actually launched by Boston Beer. It wasn't a buyout kind of thing. So if you want to kind of stick with you know a craft cider, that still counts. Angry Orchard is there. And then, this is one that's probably gained prominence. I, I don't count Reds as a cider. I think that's still falls into the ale category, even though it's probably more cider than ale. But Anheuser-Busch's Michelob Ultra Light Cider. So to me, when when I think uh, Michelob Ultra Light Cider, I'm thinking, oh, okay, uh, it's apple water. Pretty much. That's... Because I remember... I, th- I, th- I think I had... Was it Michelob Ultra Light or something one time? It fucking tastes like water. Ugh. Hated, hated when I had to be a fucking calorie counter, but it did help me lose 80 pounds, so there's that. Anyway, uh, Joe Heron, president of Crispin Cider, says, Hard Cider presents an interesting bridge category. The product acts as a wine for beer lovers and a beer for wine lovers. Well, why don't you know, if beer lovers like wine, why don't they have, so, I don't know, something like a Lambic or something like a, um, I don't know, like a beer-wine hybrid. And yes, Mitch, I'm more or less off paleo because it was fucking ridiculous and I need my carbs. I do try and just, you know, for dinner have, you know, meat and vegetables and whatnot. And, but tonight I had fucking pizza because fuck it. Now that, now that I can fucking exercise again because my back's not shot. But, ugh. I still, you know, gaining fucking weight. Ugh. Pisses me off. Ugh. Anyway. Tangent, tangent, tangent. Um. Where the fuck was it? <sighs> this guy, Heron, also considered, let's see, was it, yeah, the owner of, um, was it owner or brewer? Uh, president of Crispin Cider. There we go. He considers hard cider, see, I hate the, hard cider a more gender-neutral beverage than beer, and that attracts different kinds of drinkers. And there's that stupid, you know, gender gap 
thing with beer. Wine is for women. Beer is for men. Um, you know, it, it, cider is for both. <sighs> no, no. I like wine. I like beer. I like cider. I, 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 I mean, I, I don't want to get into the whole, you know, I don't know. It, it, it starts, it starts to stray more into liberalism and, you know, feminism and shit like that. But I don't, I, the whole gender specialization with drinks, they're fucking drinks. They're fucking drinks. You know, if you drink a beer, you know, if you see a woman drinking a beer, like, uh, 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 she's a fucking dyke. No, of course, 10, 20 years ago, there were probably guys that would say that. But, I don't know, it, you know, and cider for a while was probably thought of as more, quote, girly. I mean, shit, you know, what What I was doing with the, the beer floats in Facebook. You know, some people were seeing that, the combination of ice cream with beer, seen as girly. And, you know, you think, you know, a stereotypical thing with ice cream is, you know, a woman suffers a breakup, you know, drowns her sorrows in a pint of Ben and Jerry's. So, thus, girly. I, the whole gender thing is fucking ridiculous when it comes to beer and cider and wine, too. So, it, you know, Sherry says she drinks both. She'll take wine over beer, but she'll still drink both. Mitch drinks both. I drink both. I haven't had, um, I haven't had wine in a while, but I still occasionally enjoy wine. It just, you know, it, different taste profile than beer, of course, because it's grapes instead of, you know, malt and wheat and everything. Um, <laughs> Mitch has a question for the chat, which I should pose to everybody, including, I should put that in the Facebook group too. I should, maybe I should put it in a poll in the Facebook group. Uh, is he the only one who holds their pinky out when drinking? Well, shit. I think I do that occasionally. Fuck. I think it depends what kind of uh, drinking vessel I'm using. And that's an honest, honest answer. I will sometimes catch myself doing that, and I have no idea why. Uh, The last thing with um, the rise of cider nowadays, and this is a valid point, it's naturally gluten-free. In my opinion, it's a better alternative taste-wise to the gluten-free beers. I have had a couple gluten-free beers that are okay, not great, but if I was, you know, if I had a gluten sensitivity, if I had celiac disease and I had to drink, you know, if I wanted a drink, I had to have cider or, you know, uh, gluten-free beer. There are a couple that I could at least go to, uh, but the ciders are probably a better bet for that. You just, you just get better taste out of, out of yeah, overall. <laughs> Cornac says, pinky out, fags. Yeah, me and Mitch are fags, apparently. But yeah, Mitch says, more so with wine glasses or tumblers. Yeah, okay, exactly. I bottle, with a bottle or a can, you you get that full grip on it. And I'm glad that can't be taken out of context. But with a glass or a tumbler or something like that, there is that weird inclination to put your pinky out. I don't understand it. And see, there, uh, Roy Black on Crack is raising a concern in the chat. Mustache hair is getting stuck while drinking from a can. And Mitch says he has that problem. <laughs> and then Mitch is firing back at Cornax, 
saying tough words coming from a virgin. <laughs> oh, I love the back and forth on this show. And Sherry says she enjoys some Red's apple. And you know what? I, I, I have to say I value the opinions of my listeners because I know you guys know what you're talking about. So one of these days, and you know what? When I do, when I do that pick a six pack of cider, I'm picking up a six pack of Reds too. I, I'm gonna have to try it. I can't badmouth it without ever having tried it. And who knows? I might actually enjoy it for what it is. Uh, I mean, I, I from what I've read, they've said it's not quite an ale. It's closer to a cider, but it's not quite a cider, and it's kind of in between kind of thing. But who knows? I I might actually like it. So, I mean, it's it's not it's not Bud Light. So you know, could be worse. Uh, okay, let me get into the new beer releases for the week because I I did grab a decent amount of them, and there are actually some pretty pretty good ones. Okay, Mitch says it tastes it's good. It tastes cidery, but it's a bit too much for him. A lot of apple, and I like apple sometimes. So I I that sounds like one of those kind of things where. If I'm in the mood for it, I I may very well like it. So maybe, yeah, fuck it. You know, maybe I'll pick some up this week. But that, that's good to know that it's one of those kind of things where if you're in the mood for that flavor, then you know you can you can go for it. Okay. Ah, uh, first one is from Anchor Brewing. Anchor Big Leaf Maple Autumn Red. Uh, goddamn! Why do I have so many fucking tabs open? Remember when we did not have tabs and browsers? How did we do shit back then? I mean, I remember when Firefox was big shit because, oh my god, tabs! And then Internet Explorer got tabs and everybody was like, what the fuck? Why were you waiting so long? Jesus. Um, what am I doing? I got an image here. It's, like I said, Anchor, Big Leaf, Maple. Okay, yeah, Mitch says to get some of the reds, but I won't hate it. So I, 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 I expect that, or I respect that. <laughs> Mitch also says, remember when we were poor and only had one monitor? I can't work with one monitor anymore. I have two, I, I technically have two at work. I have my laptop connected to an external, so that's two. Here at home, I have, well, two in front of me, and then I have one over to my left side. The one over to my left side is basically because I still had a perfectly good monitor, but I had gotten a two-pack on a uh, Whoop.com deal, along with a monitor mount for some ridiculously low price. They're, they're two great HP monitors. Uh, monitor mount where I can flip and turn and everything the monitors around. I wasn't going to turn that down. Three or four hundred bucks, something like that. I wasn't going to get rid of a perfectly good Asus monitor, so now I have three monitors. So, yeah. <laughs> In fact, I could have had four if my video card would have handled it, but it could not, so I sold that fourth monitor. Anyway, I digress. Anchor Big Leaf Maple Autumn Red posted the picture in the chat there. Um, it's uh, Anchor Brewing. If you're familiar with anything, anything I'm... God damn it. See, I have not been drunk in a while. If you're familiar with Anchor Brewing, they're more known for their steam beer or their California common beer. One of the uniquely American styles of beer. If you've never had Anchor Steam Beer before, try it. it it's definitely worth it. I can't really describe the style too well. Um, it's a red ale brewed with a hint of maple syrup. Available from August to October in six packs, 22-ounce bottles, or on draft, 6% alcohol. 
the next new release I've got up. And this is a brewery I've kind of been hit or miss with. Some of the stuff has been really good. Some of it's just been meh. But this is Dr. Crunkles from Terrapin Brewing. It is a white farmhouse IPA. So it combines the malt and spices of a Belgian wheat beer, the yeast of a farmhouse ale, and the hoppiness of an American IPA. Now, you guys, of course, you know my my dislike for IPAs is famous. American IPAs, I'm a little bit more on board with for some reason. I don't I don't know something with the level of bitterness, level of hoppiness that works with my taste buds better. Um, so it's that combination there. It also features a dash of white peppercorn along with wood aging on white ash. So you got a lot of different flavors going along there. 7.3% alcohol due in August. They didn't specify how it's going to be distributed, like what size of stuff, but likely, you know, like Terrapin's other stuff, likely in 12 ounce four packs. So if you have Terrapin distributing to your area, look for that. Ah, this next one is one that has only recently popped in my area as a brewer. It's the Coffee Oatmeal Stout from Thomas Creek Brewing. Post the image for this label in the chat. Uh, I think I posted it. Maybe I didn't. Son of a bitch. Oh, fucking broken image. (sighs) Boo. I don't know. Delete that. You know, I'm just going to post the uh, link in the chat, see if anybody else wants to... Oh, wait, you know what? I think I know why. Maybe. Possibly. I don't know. Fucking internet. How does it work? Uh, There we go. Okay, got it now. (sighs) Thomas Creek Coffee Oatmeal Stout. If this one's any decent, once I find it, I'm definitely going to pick some up. And I... Don't believe they distribute to Minnesota, so I might send some of this to Mitch in our proposed beer trade, because I know he likes his oatmeal stouts, so uh, unless he says, God, no, 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 I'll probably try and find some of this, send it to him. I've liked what I've had from Thomas Creek thus far. I know I had, um, what was it, it was, uh, fuck, something, something with the vanilla. I remember vanilla. Beyond that, I can't remember. But I've had a couple brews from them. And they've been pretty good, pretty solid. N- nothing hugely outstanding, but you know, definitely worth buying again, kind of thing. It's described as a creamy oatmeal stout with a dark roasted flavor and a coffee aroma. Twelve ounce bottles, eight percent alcohol by volume. Arrivals to be determined. So who the fuck knows when that's showing up? Um, I mean, it, it doesn't even seem like that kind of seasonal feel, so you can't even feel that out, you know, September, October, or whatever. Uh, the next one I got here is from Midnight Sun Brewing, although it is a collaboration beer. I'll post this label in the chat. Uh, oh, and if I don't fuck that up. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Joan of Arctic Midnight, uh, let's see, uh, from Midnight Sun Brewing, it's a collaboration between Midnight Sun Brewmaster Chelsea Hendricks and Jessica Gilman of Stone Brewing. They're both members of this uh, Pink Boot Society. Apparently it's an organization of over 900 women beer professionals. And I, I, I respect that completely, you know, women in beer and everything. 
But uh, do you have to fall to the pink stereotype? Really? Really? Please. Ugh. Just, that fucking bugs me. I don't know what it is. Like, just, ugh. If, if you want to stray from the stereotype of, you know, women as women, whatever, get the fuck away from the pink shit. Come on. Anyway, it's an ale brewed with rhubarb and honey, though I have no idea why rhubarb is spelled like that in the label. In the label, it has omitted the H, and I have no idea why. Maybe a regional spelling? Not sure. Uh, 22-ounce bombers, 6.3% alcohol by volume, and again, on this one, rival to be determined. Uh, don't know when this one's coming out, how far the distribution will be. I have yet to see a single rhubarb beer out in my area, and I really, 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 really want to find one because I love rhubarb. I have a bunch of frozen rhubarb in my freezer for making smoothies because I haven't even, haven't even been able to find fresh out here. It's one of those things when you're raised on it, you get that taste for it. Other people need the tartness cut down with strawberry and things like that. I'm fine with just straight up rhubarb. Don't know what it is. Acquired acquired taste, though. Acquired taste. Uh, Red Hook Brewing, which I, I know I mentioned last week with their uh, collaboration beer with Buffalo Wild Wings. They have a seasonal coming out called the Out of Your Gourd Pumpkin Porter. Uh, I think I got a label for that. Yes, I do. Post that in the chat. I know it's kind of late, but if you're not in the chat, morelikeradio.com slash live. Uh, it was actually named by Modern Brewery Age as one of the most drinkable pumpkin beers they've ever had. So, you know, take that as you will. I've gotten more and more picky with my pumpkin beers. Uh, every year, I seem to want to try all of them, especially if it's one I haven't had before. But even still, if it is one I've had before, you know, certain ones like uh, Southern Tears Pumpkin, I'm always going to go back to that. Uh, Wirebacher's Imperial Pumpkin, always going to go back to that. Others, you know, if they don't make a mark on me, I'm not going to be into it. This one, I want to see if I can find. It's a porter with traditional fall flavors added. Pumpkin, chocolate, maple syrup, cinnamon, and nutmeg. It's going to be available in 6 and 12 packs. 22-ounce bottles, draft, and it's going to be at 5% alcohol by volume. Hit shelves next week, August 5th, available through September 30th. That's a little weird that... They're not even really, well, I guess that prob, you know what, that probably means that they're shipping it through September 30th, but you're going to see it on shelves later than that, because I can't imagine that you'd have a pumpkin beer not available through the end of October. That doesn't make sense to me, but I'm not a businessman, so I don't know. And then the very last one, this is not a new beer per se, but it's a uh, new method of getting it. Sam Adams Oktoberfest it's already rolling out into stores now, so you're you're likely to see it in your local store right or right, right along ugh, fuck right alongside uh, Porch Rocker Summer Ale and your other summer beers. It's a five point four percent Marzen, and the unique thing is that it, this year it's going to be in cans for the first time. So it's going to be sharing that can shelf space with Boston Lager Summer Ale. And then for a period, once winter hits, it's going to be sharing that can shelf space with Sam Adams Winter Lager. Okay, uh, I need another drink. 
So as we near the end of the show, I will get into some beer festivals, which I have neglected to do the past couple weeks because I actually had a good amount of show prep and didn't really need to get into the festivals. But there, there are some there are some decent ones here, and there's one that I'm I think I briefly mentioned it last week, but I'm going to be going to it in September. So if I have time, I'm going to get into that. First one, this one sounds fantastic. If you're in the area, I would hop to it. The Beer and Bacon Festival in Omaha, Nebraska. It's on August 3rd. And if you want to check out details for it, omahabeerandbacon.com. They describe it as combining a beer tasting with a bacon-themed food competition. They'll be having six to ten restaurants, vendors, and caterers submit their best bacon-themed dish, and three celebrity judges will decide on the winner. During the event, they'll be having a beer tasting of over 40 local craft-brewed beers, and during the tastings, the band's Too Drunk to Fish will be playing their Jimmy Buffett-style music, and after the judging, they're having a very popular local band, the Personics, play through the evening to keep the crowd gathered. A $30 ticket gets you an appetizer portion of each of the contestants' dishes, a tasting of all the craft brews, a logoed beer mug to take home. Beer mug's actually a pretty good deal. Most places just give you uh, that little tasting glass. Admittance to the live music, free stuff from the sponsors that'll be at the event, and drink specials with your mug for the rest of the night. So, pretty good deal there for 30 bucks. If you are in the Omaha area, go for that. And come on, it's bacon. You can't go wrong with bacon. You can't go wrong with beer and bacon. Uh, the next one is in Cooperstown, New York, again on August 3rd. Uh, it's Belgium Comes to Cooperstown, hosted by the Amagang Brewery. It's a showcase of Belgian beer culture, both from Belgium and uh, different Belgian-styled beers. You know, A lot of the American breweries doing the um, you know Belgian-style ales and everything. There's a tasting session followed by an after-party open to all tasting ticket holders with local food, music, dancing, and a bonfire. So... That sounds kind of fun, I guess. I don't know. Bonfire and beer. I, I've had bad experiences with that in the past, but eh, let them do what they want. Uh, the next one's in Philly. Craft beer on the waterfront. Again, August 3rd for this one at Harrah's Philadelphia. Over 35 area craft beers, two live cover bands, a mechanical bull, and food prepared by Harrah's chefs. <coughs> oh, damn. Oh, see, I'm still not completely healthy yet. Um, and then finally, there is the Summer Mead Fest in Ferndale, Michigan. And finally, again, this is also August 3rd uh, from the brewery Bee Nectar. I don't know if any of you have seen that uh, brewery before. I have had some of their stuff before. In fact, let me see if I can really quick find a label. Uh, Bee Nectar Meadery. Here we go. This is... I'll post this in the chat. There's there's a uh, cherry sizer that they have. And back when I was on a major, major fruit cake, it's described as an apple honey wine with cherry juice added. This is one of the brews that they do. I'll post the label in the chat here. Uh, neat label. I mean, if you're, in, if you're into the different beer labels, it's a cool one. Uh, basically a cherry with arms, legs, and a sword, uh, chopping another, well, what looks like a zombie cherry. But anyway, it's sponsored by this group. It's celebrating their uh, five-year anniversary. You get mead by the glass, 
three outdoor bars, live music, exclusive specialty meads on tap for the day, the release of, um, let's see, it's, excuse me, it's going to be the uh, release party also for the Zombies Take Manhattan, which is a rye whiskey cask aged imperial zombie killer. So that one that I just posted in the chat there, it's a different variation on it. And then also available is the new Black Fang. It's a blackberry clove mead. And then the return of their cherry chipotle. That's That sounds like something I would probably try at some point too. Because I, I don't know. I, I, I like the strange taste. I'll, I'll, I'll try any beer once, you know. And, and mead counts with that too. Um... So with that, I mean, I'm 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 pretty much I'm pretty much closing out here. So, I'm gonna do uh, promotional stuff here. First of all, all the different download locations for More Like Radio. Check out uh, More Like Radio on iTunes. Leave us a review. You know, leave a genuine. If if you really like our shows, leave a genuinely positive review. We, we love them. We would thank you for it. You can also download stuff at morelikeradio.com slash downloads or our new, 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 new portal, morelikeradio.com, or I'm sorry, fuck, morelikeradio.org, at which um, you can also set categories. If you do want to just download specific shows, you can do that, but download the, come on, download the whole network. Me personally, I am discovering, like, new things I like about shows all the time it, my my newest shows that I've been getting into 360 and 420 Unsigned Hype which is up after me so stay tuned for him um so yeah check out those areas to download download the shows you will not be sorry you can follow me on Twitter at E-D-I-C-I-U-S Odysseus Eticus however you want to pronounce it or the show Twitter at MLR underscore alcohol uh, you can look me up on Untapped, the social media beer drinking app, alcohol by volume, all one word. Follow at More Like Radio on Twitter. Uh, trying to think, I've forgotten anything else. Um, you know, I guess if you want to email me any, you know, or if you want to send me any ideas you have for stuff to talk about on the show, uh, just questions you have, whatever, you can email me. I believe, I think my email is. MLR alcohol by volume at gmail.com. So with that, coming up next, unsigned hype J5. Stay tuned for it. Fucking awesome show. Followed by Dutch and Royce. I will see you guys next week. <laughs>